1: Uh, both nicknames that I go by inviting you to check out miles and Jack got mad boosties for a weekly basketball conversation with me and my co-host from the daily zeitgeist miles gray. We are joined by comedians, writers, podcasters, and fellow NBA fans. As we discuss the latest news and events from around the league, check it out. Miles and Jack got mad boosties brought to you by the first ever Toyota grand Highlander. This is agree to disagree with Mike Brasuta and Bob
0: Labriola. Hello, everyone, and welcome to what I guarantee is going to be the best agreed to disagree podcast of the year. The one with the motto, I'm right. (laughs) He's wrong. Am I wrong about it's going to be the best one of the year?
1: Uh, First thing you've been right on this year, Labs, and probably the last. (laughs) But uh, kudos for that clever opening. (laughs)
0: Well, I got, I got more cleverness here for you, and this, this is right up your alley, okay? Right up your alley. Like Michael Corleone told Carlo Rizzi in one of the climatic scenes of The Godfather, today I settled all family business. You know, the AFC North is made up of four teams and not five families, but it is somewhat similar in that physical superiority and intimidation are factors in who comes out on top, in which team is feared, And if you don't necessarily believe that being feared is a component of winning football, well, being perceived as soft is a component of losing. On December 11th, the Ravens made the Steelers look soft by rushing for 215 yards with a 5.1 average to possess the ball for 33 minutes on offense, while their defense limited the Steelers to 65 yards rushing and their special teams blocked a field goal. Three weeks after getting physically handled by the Ravens on both lines of scrimmage, the Steelers returned the favor. They rushed for 198 yards, including 107 in the first half, and they limited the Ravens to 120 yards rushing with only 32 in the second half. After the Ravens drove for a field goal on their first possession of the second half, they ran 10 plays combined on their next three possessions, managed just one first down, and had two three-and-outs. Okay. Now, on a Thursday night in September, the Browns used the running of Nick Chubb behind a physical offensive line to turn a 14-13 halftime deficit into a to 29-17 victory. The Browns rushed for 92 yards in the second half and possessed the ball for 20 of those 30 minutes. It was helped by a defense that forced the, Raven, the Steelers to punt on four of their second half possessions and had a takeaway on a fifth. Okay, so the Steelers... Settle their account with the Ravens on New Year's night this coming Sunday at Acresure Stadium. They have an opportunity to settle their account with those Browns from Cleveland. Okay. As so, as Michael Corleone said, today I settled all family business. The Steelers have an opportunity to do that. So, um, what did you, do you agree? You know, far that be it for with... me,
1: Bob, to, uh, I was just going to interject here that uh, it would be a, a huge mistake on my part to discount anything uh, Godfather related coming from a guy whose name ends in a vowel. But uh, <laughs> since mine ends in the same vowel yours ends in, I would just add that uh, in AFC North, uh, it, it's personal as well as business. You know, uh, they, they have a, a chance to settle another account on two scores. And, uh, hey,
0: two's better than one, right? When it comes to settling scores um, with, dare we say, teams that you hate, um, I'm all for that. Let's get this party started with statement number one. Personal foul penalties, sideline arguments among players are better than being pushed around on both lines of scrimmage.
1: I'm going to disagree, and I'm going to do so uh, keeping in line with your uh, well thought out and uh, well delivered movie reference theme. Uh, This one's not from the Godfather Labs, but from another one of your all time favorites, A League of Their Own. Can't they do both? I mean, I've seen enough guys who aren't in uniform running onto the field getting personal foul penalties. Uh, I've seen a personal foul penalty occur after a play is dead enough times. You know, the ones that turn would-be field goal attempts into shots at a touchdown right before the first half concludes. Uh, It's a big game coming up against Cleveland, and I don't know what's going to happen between Miami and the Jets. I don't know what's going to happen between Buffalo and New England, but I do know this. Uh, it would really put a damper on what uh, appears to be working its way toward a happy ending this season if the Steelers get the help they need and then don't take care of their business against the Browns. I think they need to be buttoned up. I think they need to be locked down. I think they need to be dialed in. Every, every box needs to be checked. Uh, be the best that you can be against Cleveland. That includes, to me, dominating both lines of scrimmage and avoiding the silly stuff
0: well i mean you know in a perfect world you know that that would be great and so i'm going to agree with the statement but disagree with you because you know i'm also a believer that you know lessons have to be taught and then they have to be relearned sometimes on an annual basis and you know the guys who have been recent additions to this team have come into a program that recently finished last in the NFL in rushing, and then maybe a year or two after that, last in the NFL in defense against the run. So, they, know, they did do like... both.
1: It's possible
0: they could do both. <laughs> so, you know, it's not like, um, you know, guys who've been coming uh, who have been added to this program in the last year or two. Or are you know uh, being um, absorbed into the steel curtain or anything and speaking of the steel curtain let me just remind people being that I am old um, you know Joe Green threw Ernie Holmes off the field during a game one time you know Lambert and and Joe Green once got into a heated argument on the sideline one time um, you know talking about roughing penalties or personal foul penalties does everyone forget James Harrison I mean, Troy Polamalu once got called for um, a, a, an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. I remember Bill Cowher grabbing him and having a you know a face-to-face talk with him during a game, you know, about this. So I mean, you know, there are guys who are Steelers icons, some some of them even Hall of Famers, who have been um, found guilty of some of the very same things that are currently happening uh, now and I agree with you they cannot allow this to escalate to the level where it costs them a game Um, now I believe though that there is enough respect for the head coach and and now moving into the presence of the head coach is Mike Tomlin by the players not to really go over the line or go over it a second time after you know they've gone over it once so I don't know that it's you know, it's necessarily the third or it's it's not necessarily the same people uh, making the same mistakes. Uh, and, you know, again, I just think it's to some degree a part of doing business. Uh, and this team has to become tougher and uh, more uh, consistently physical. And it has to play with an edge. They're not good enough to win other ways. And so uh, as this is kind of being reinstilled throughout the locker room. You know, I think that, you know, what they say about making omelets, you can't do it without breaking a few eggs. And, you know, it's not going to be perfect. Um, It's not going to be seamless. But uh, I would rather there be personal foul penalties and some guys arguing on the sideline than, you know, watching the Ravens with a practice squad quarterback just turn around and hand the ball off and, you know, win a game so that's just me i'm just i'm just glad you cleared up the head coach you were referring to because i thought you were making a
1: bill austin reference <laughs> <laughs>
0: statement, I'm number too, Bobby. Two. <laughs> statement number two the browns are not the ravens therefore do not make this game a field goal fest attack on offense
1: oh music to my ears i agree i agree i agree and i get what they did in Baltimore and why they did it, and I get why it's been done that way some this season. But it is time to take the handcuffs off. I think this offense has been too conservative by nature throughout the majority of the season, whether that is, uh, you know, coaching, uh, avoiding turnovers above playmaking, or whether that is the guy with the ball in his hands, whether it's been Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett. Thinking that avoiding turnovers is job one and playmaking is secondary, uh, I think they're growing individually and collectively. I think we've seen in the last uh, two games what happens when push comes to shove, and you, you you get faced with a drive where you now have to make plays. They're actually capable of making them, and they're capable of making them with a number of different targets on the receiving end of Kenny Pickett's passes. Uh, I also think you know Cleveland's probably going to score more points than you would expect Baltimore to score. So yeah. Uh, got to go up and down the field a little bit. Got to stick it in the end zone. Let's see what the kid can do uh, with the freedom or, or the instruction to do it more than it's been done of late. That's uh, that's an offensive game I'd like
0: to see. I agree. So I'm going to agree with you and the statement. However, I'm going to kind of take your tack on, on the first statement and, and just um, caution that uh, not to get careless, can't get careless. I mean, I think that, you know, too much, uh, attacking on offense, it can be just as detrimental as you know too many personal fouls or you know over going over the line physically, you know, with physicality. Oh, wait a minute! Things. Wait,
1: what about the eggs thing from a minute ago?
0: We, well, we, play, we're going to make an omelet play. with no broken eggs. <laughs> I understand that, but what I I didn't say you can't. There can be no turnovers on offense, but you know I'm going to go back to what. You know, Mike Thomas philosophy uh, in that weather game against the Raiders on Christmas Eve. Um, You just got to be better at it than the team you're playing. So if you're going to turn it over twice, you better come away with a couple three takeaways because you can't be minus two, minus three on turnover ratio ratio, uh, against even the Browns. And, you know, the other thing I want to point out is, um, you know, Cleveland's defense is not the Ravens defense. So you don't want to totally play not. it. You don't want to play it like you play against Baltimore. I mean, you know, uh, I hate to just beat you over the head with statistics. Um, Baltimore ranks in the top fifteen in the NFL in nine significant defensive categories. Uh, in those same um, uh, defensive categories, the Browns rank in the top fifteen in three. They're tied for twenty-first in points allowed. So I don't know that you have to treat the Browns' defense with the same level of respect and caution uh, that you would the Ravens. And so, yeah, you know, go after it a little bit. But, again, I'm not suggesting that because if you have Kenny Pickett throw the ball 40 or 45 times, I think that that's a uh, recipe for disaster. You know, going for it on offense. I'll I'll
1: agree with that. I'll agree with that. But throw it with more of a purpose when you throw it is the point I'm trying to make. And maybe I'm not uh, making that well enough. But, uh, that a play that stands out to me in that Ravens game. Labs, were you at all surprised that on that third and 14 uh, on which George Pickens made a diving reception, the kind of which only really good players
0: make, were you at all surprised the ball actually went 14 yards down the field? Well, I will say that uh, I was happy. It was. Um, surprised. <laughs> so so yeah, we're on the same you know, page, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you can't play not to lose. That's That's yes. definitely – uh, my opinion, and that that goes with you know not only overall but certainly specifically on offense. you cannot be you know throwing the ball on third and 14, two yards beyond the line of scrimmage and then crossing your fingers and hope you know for some miraculous run after the catch. No no, no, you can't do that. you have to be, as I said realistic, um, but again, you can't be reckless. just like the point you made for the first statement. I just want to make that point on the second statement. Okay, statement number back, three.
1: Back the, wait, wait, wait. Well, one more movie All reference right. for you then.
0: Friday All Night right. Lights. They they don't have to be perfect. They
1: just got to be more perfect than the bronze. Right.
0: Right. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm getting this. I'm, I'm following along at home here. <laughs> okay. However this season ends, this is statement number three, by the way. However this season ends, the Steelers having found their next quarterback is a more significant accomplishment than making the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And not that I think making the playoffs is an insignificant accomplishment, Uh, but we were kicking this around uh, on the pregame show labs. I'm sure everybody listening to this should be award-winning podcast also tunes into our pregame shows on the Steelers radio network. Uh, the, The definition of success was brought up by me, and discussed uh, by the three of us, you, uh, myself, and Jerry Dulac. You know, is this a successful season, or do you have to make the playoffs to consider it a successful season? And and my uh, perception of it is it's already a success to, for the exact reason you mentioned. I think Kenny Pickett just put an exclamation point on it uh, in the Baltimore game, and, uh, yeah, they got their guy. So whatever happens, maybe they don't make it. Uh, maybe they lose and don't make it. Uh, maybe they make it to the AFC championship game. They got their guy going in next year. They know who that guy is. They know uh, the direction in which they're going to head. That puts them light years ahead of where they were coming into this season. So, yeah, this might be my uh, agree uh, most wholeheartedly uh, in the entirety of all these should-be award-winning podcasts that we have (laughs) so expertly and entertainingly crafted all season long.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to – uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, uh, my mind is blown by the um, the way you phrased that. It was just, it was, it was, it was epic. pretty good, pretty I mean, good stuff, wasn't profound. it? Profound. Oh, we, I mean, we don't just say should be award winning. This stuff should win awards. award. <laughs> um, but let me just again, I agree with you, and I agree with the statement. And let me just throw this out. Um, you know, Kenny Pickett uh, in the game against the Ravens became the first rookie quarterback in NFL history to have game-winning touchdown passes in the final minute of the fourth quarter in back-to-back games. NFL history. Let me just point that out again. You know, they the Steelers, uh, this is the Steelers' 90th season. The NFL uh, celebrated their 100th season a while ago. So there's a lot of guys. It's a lot of history. Have, <laughs> a lot of history and a lot of rookie quarterbacks and so, yeah, using that statistic uh, to make the case, you know, that Kenny Pickett is a guy um, who is worthy and capable of following Ben Roethlisberger uh, is, is kind of my aim there. And let me just kind of, you know, expand on this a little bit more because, you know, so many teams, and the Steelers were one of them, how many years did and how many guys did they go through trying to find the player to follow Bradshaw? It took a long time. And during that long a lot, time... A lot of
1: guys. I looked I looked it up once. I had the exact number, but I didn't commit it to memory. But it was a lot of guys.
0: Well, and let me say this. Most of those guys were very much forgettable. So I don't blame you at all for not remembering <laughs> all of the names. Uh, but, you know, when teams do this, and there are a lot of teams that do this. The Browns are one. Um, the Dolphins are another one. The Dolphins trying to... Um, you know, follow Dan Marino, who's their next quarterback after Marino is two of the guy. You know, I don't know that you can say definitively one way or the other with him, but there certainly have been a parade of guys following Marino. You know, and when a team does this and you have to continually, um, use resources to, uh uh, try and make up for a mistake that you made at the same position. And it's especially damaging, I believe, for positions on a team where there's only one who plays at a time. You know, if you're looking for uh, linebackers and you play four at a time, well, if you miss on one, you know, it, it's not like you're really necessarily setting the team back because maybe the other three guys are still okay. And, you know, you can add something and, and quickly kind of get back to where you would like to be but it was a, when it's a quarterback not only is there only one who plays at a time but then so much of um, resources draft capital that you use after you pick that guy is designed to help him succeed and if he's not capable of succeeding then maybe you messed up on all of those other guys you tried to add to help him succeed too and so I've read and heard it said that if a team that misses on a first-round quarterback draft pick sets itself back more than five years in terms of a in terms of a building program, so the fact that the Steelers did this and it seems that they did a decent job of it, I'm not going to say Kenny Pickett is Ben Roethlisberger or you know going to follow in his footsteps either statistically or you know in terms of putting trophies in the case but i think that he has shown enough to establish himself as having the ability to be a quality nfl starter which is you know kind of the first step along the road on on the along the way um, and now the Steelers yeah, are And kind you know of the
1: cherry on, on top of that sunday is that he did it last sunday in baltimore against the ravens in a in a desperate battle in a critical situation. And I, you know, welcome to Pittsburgh. Uh, That's a big deal. We don't have to wonder, gee, can they beat the Ravens with Kenny Pickett, a quarterback? We have the answer. Right.
0: Yes. And you have the answer, you know, can this guy bring you back from a deficit late in the game? Will his teammates respond to him in the, in that situation? You know, does he have a lot of the intangible things regarding, in addition to the physical skills, the intangible things, you know, the intelligence, the the presence. You know, can he be a quarterback instead of just playing quarterback? You know, we the Steelers have uh, gotten a lot of yes answers, boxes checked with Kenny Pickett during his uh, rookie year. And so, yeah, I, I, I do think that if the Steelers now can do a decent job of helping him, now that they found him and help him you know i think they could set themselves up for a you know a nice little um you know string of success and i'm not talking about winning multiple super bowls or anything ridiculous uh yet but you know there there's there's a there are different levels i think when when you go into a season and i think that the steelers can establish themselves as more than you know just playoff hopefuls or playoff contenders to maybe you know, if they help this guy and surround him with some of the things that he needs um, become championship contenders. Um, and, and, you know, it, it it's the NFL. It, it all starts with the quarterback.
1: Yeah, that's very well put. And, you know, that's why that's a bigger deal. I, I, I just want to throw in about the playoffs thing. Uh, it is not insignificant making the playoffs, okay? It's hard to do. You don't win the Super Bowl unless you first make the playoffs and the way the league has trended for a long time now uh anywhere from a quarter to a third to half the field does not repeat from one year to the next as playoff teams so far seven teams have done that buffalo cincinnati kansas city dallas philly tampa and the niners Uh, new england might not do it this year tennessee might not do it this year green bay might not do it this year uh, for the Steelers to get back in a year in which they have transitioned so significantly, both on and off the field. Don't forget new general manager now uh, changes in the front office, different uh, hierarchy and personnel uh, and all those first and second year guys on the field on both sides of the ball. I think the arrows really pointing up uh, whether it works out the way they need it to this coming weekend or not. Uh, but, lad, you know, my hope going in, I'll I'll leave it off where we started. Yeah, they do both.
0: Yeah, and and let me me just uh, agree with you on that as well. I I did not mean to come off as saying that, you know, making the playoffs is insignificant because I don't believe that. But as you just pointed out, you know, making the playoffs is a year-to-year proposition um, in a lot of cases. Uh, You know, finding yourself a quarterback that you believe you can win with um is something that could last you a decade and so rams
1: won the super bowl
0: last year they're not going to get to defend right (laughs) right vegas ain't going back arizona ain't going back uh it's not it's not a given it is it definitely is not okay that's going to do it for this edition of agree to disagree the podcast and just as a little programming note um this this podcast will continue as long as the Steelers continue to play games so if um, things do not work out for whatever reason uh, and the and there are no playoffs um, you know we'll, we'll be back with you next summer when the games resume but hopefully um, you know things work out uh, the NFL figures out what's it what it wants to do with the Buffalo Cincinnati game Um and um you know the steelers take care of their business some things fall into place and uh in that in that instance then it will be next week when we will be attempting to break the record of this podcast being the best one of the year with next week's podcast which we will effort to make the best one of the year for my pursuit lab
1: because we're not going to be doing what you're telling me. We're not going to be doing a senior bowl, agree to disagree. We're not going to be doing a Montana State Pro Day, agree to disagree. None of that. This might be it. If it is, good run, cuz.
0: Yeah, same to you. No OTA, agree to disagree either. No football shorts. I think
1: we can both agree we can do without OTA.
0: <laughs> okay, thanks for finding us. Hope uh, we're back to you next week.